Hi everyone. Just a reminder that this show is not legal advice, trading advice, financial advice, or personal advice. Enjoy the show and thank you very much. Yo, yo, welcome to Crypto 101, the average consumer's guide to cryptocurrency. This is Matthew Aaron. Today, we continue the quest of getting to know other podcasters, other entrepreneurs, and other content creators in the crypto space. And today, we have Mr. Craig Cobb. Mr. Trader Cobb is going to come on and, one, tell us a little bit about himself. If you remember, I was on his show about four months ago, and I wanted to welcome him on to get to know him a little bit and also know one thing, how to trade in a bear market. We have been going down and down and down, and a lot of people say, well, even when it's going down, you can still make a lot of money. I'm not a trader. This isn't financial advice, but I am sure curious. So let's talk to Mr. Trader Cobb and let's pick his brains about the market, about trading, and see who he is. But before we get into that conversation, please go to Crypto101Podcast.com. There, like always, you can do a lot of things. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram is at your reach. Just reach into whatever social media you would like. Facebook, I recommend 4,000 people there to help you get into cryptocurrency. It's a safe zone. Come on in. Think about becoming a patron. Patrons, thank you very much for being patrons. If you've been a patron for six months, please reach out to us. We have a book for you. Go to the Patreon page and follow the instructions. And if you also want to purchase a book for Christmas for your friends, family, or anybody else that you say, hey, they should know a little bit more about blockchain, cryptocurrency, the space in general, or what you've personally been through from 2017 to 2018, please go to book.crypto101podcast.com and pick yourself up a copy. And finally, subscribe to us, leave us a five-star rating and a nice comment on iTunes. It helps us stay visible for everybody to find Crypto 101. Now, without further ado, here's Mr. Craig Cobb. We'll see you after the show. Mr. Craig Cobb of TraderCobb.com. Welcome to Crypto 101, sir. Thanks, mate. Absolute pleasure to be here. Absolutely. Absolutely. By the way, man, it's been a long time since we chatted. I think I was on your show about three months ago, but since then, you've been a busy person and just honestly all over the world talking to all kinds of people man how are you sleeping i'm sleeping well when i get it but it was that three months ago i can't believe that was only three months ago geez we've done a lot since then it just goes so quickly doesn't it <laughs> it does it does but hey craig i wanted to have on the show because i want to do a one-on-one on you i want to figure out what you're doing in the space and well and i want to pick your brain a little bit about not only the space but on trading the bear market so if you would tell us about yourself who are you Yep. So my name's Craig Cobb. I'm founder of TraderCobb.com, which is a trading education service provider. We've also got a media company, which has the podcast and the show now, which is the Trader Cobb Crypto Show. And um, basically, yeah, I've, I've been trading over 12 years now. My first foray into the markets was when I was 16 years old. I invested through my dad into a company called Phoenix Technologies Limited. It went up about 900% in the space of about a month or two. And I was pretty much the peacock walking around the schoolyard because I'd made a bunch of money. And then that company <laughs> proceeded to go bankrupt soon after. It got my attention, you know, and, um, and from there it taught me a little about risk because it's like, well, you can be up when you're up, but you're also down when you're down. There's something in the middle that is about, that fascinated me about that movement and had lock in profits. So, you know, that was when I was 16. I've been an entrepreneur since very, very young. I'm, you know, in primary school, I had businesses, same at high school. So I've always kind of wanted to do things my own way. And one of the things that I thought was that I wanted to be a stockbroker when I realized that uh, stockbroking wasn't what I wanted at all. It was that I didn't know the word. It was 
I want to be a trader. So I, um, I did a bit of travel, went to London, saw on, the, on a billboard there about how to trade the market spread betting, which is a betting, like a form of trading, but through kind of the same rules as betting, which is it's tax-free. So I thought, yep, I'll give that a crack. And uh, I've been going strong since then. So 12 years trading traditional markets, talking foreign exchange, bonds, commodities, stocks. I mean, literally, if the market moves, I traded it. And um, I've been able to travel the world, presenting, mentoring, essentially being what I am in crypto now, but in traditional markets as well. So I've worked for some of the biggest names in the space, providing them with content and uh, commentaries and that sort of thing. And then basically last year around July, I came to crypto and I'm like looking for that voice, that professional, that somebody who had had some experience, was in there and could just sort of tell me a few of the things that I wanted to be aware of if there was anything else that I needed to know. And I couldn't find it. Since then, everything's kind of just exploded to where we are now and I'm just, just struggling to keep up. <laughs> Right on, brother. Right on, right on. And a big shout out to my second biggest listening market, Australia. You're Australian and you are there right now, aren't you? I am in Edgecliff, which is just outside of Bondi where I live. I live in Bondi Beach. Right on, man. And just another personal information on your Skype. We record on Skype and on his Skype picture, he has like this <laughs> eight foot fish. What's going on? Tell us a story about that. Oh, that was, uh, I came back from London Oh, that would have been, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago now. As you'll notice, I've got a full head of hair in that photo and uh, my promo pics these days, it's all gone. But come back from London, <laughs> went fishing with a mate out of a place called Noosa Heads, which is where I'm from. And that is what we call a mulloway. We got two that night. That one went in at about 19 kilo, I think it was. So good night, good fun, all nighter. And uh, actually, that makes me really want to go back up there now. <laughs> right on, right on. So everybody in Australia would know what a mulloway is. Anyone who fishes will know what a mulloway is, yeah. All right. Got it. Got it. So, <laughs> so, Craig, you started this podcast. You were an entrepreneur. This podcast is an end of itself or is it a means to an end? Is it a way to educate about trading? Or is it a way to get more into the market to trade? Can you tell us about reasons behind starting the podcast and where you are today? Yeah, so the podcast is actually my business partner's idea. So this is all my education, my trading strategies, that sort of thing. But I, I realized very early on that um, I was going to be sort of the face, the head, the you know, the guy at the front end. So I needed some help with the back end. And he said, look, we should do this podcast thing, you know, myself and he being big listeners of Gary V. And we're like, right, this podcast thing is pretty good. We're active people. We don't stop. When we do stop, we are asleep. So it's sort of always on the move. So we thought we need to give somebody something in this space to listen to. So basically, we kicked off the podcast back in March. And by May, we were number one in the US business charts and investing charts and in nine other countries. The algorithm with podcasts is quite interesting. In your first eight weeks, you tend to score or rank higher within certain aspects. I don't know the exact way it works. We reached out to a podcast manager in New York who was a multi-award winner. And uh, we let her run it because she knows what she's doing. But basically, I do each day a, a podcast on the market five days a week. And I get to interview people that are interesting in the space, which has been an absolutely wonderful education for me. And that's really what the podcast is there for. It's to give people an understanding of what I'm seeing in the markets, what's going on, but also to be interviewing some of the thought leaders in this space. I mean, some of the guests we've had recently is um, Joe Lubin of Ethereum. We, we got to interview him. I did that on camera as well. We've had Kavita Gupta. We've had Kuram Shroff, who's a big guy in Canada and Dubai, big family office. I mean, it, we've just had the most phenomenal guests and it, it's really, really taken me back a little bit that I've got the ability to talk to these people and ask them questions. So, it's there as an education tool for people to listen to. And it's also, to be absolutely straight with you, it's an education tool for me. When it comes to blockchain and crypto, I am still learning. So I'm very lucky that I get to ask the top of industry the questions that I need to know. So yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. 
You know, we have a lot of entrepreneurs in this space, and I've had a lot of entrepreneurs on the show recently. What can you tell a young person or actually a person, anybody that's sitting down listening to this episode right now about starting and becoming an entrepreneur in this space, the pros, the cons, the difficulties, do you recommend it or do you tell them to keep your nine to five? It depends on the individual, you know. It just depends. I mean, some people believe it's all sexy now. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, I want to be an entrepreneur. So I want to be, I want to have a startup. Everyone's got a startup. Everyone's got a business idea. Everyone's on Instagram selling something. Like, I get that. It's it's really cool now. But the bottom line is that not everyone's going to be suited to the life of an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. It's not sexy. It's not. It's freaking hard work. Like, <laughs> we work so hard. And, and guess what? We make mistakes. When we make mistakes, it costs us money yep. and it costs us time. So, you know, I mentioned Instagram, all these people that are out there driving their Ferraris or standing next to the private jets. That's probably what they're doing. They're literally standing next to one. They're not getting in it. They're standing next to it. Right. And even if they are getting in it, good for them. I commend that. But the shiny, beautiful parts of, of being an entrepreneur is what's being sold at the moment. Whereas you've got to eat shit for a while, to be honest with you. Sorry to swear, but it's hard work. So anyone who's interested in starting their own business, I commend you for that. But just understand that whatever it is that you're trying to achieve, it's going to be really hard because nothing worth having comes easy. I think that a lot of people don't understand, and this is one thing I found out being an entrepreneur, is that there are those downtimes. Just like the market, you're going to go through these bear cycles of revenue, and those can eat you up if you don't plan properly or if you don't have your mind in the right space. The one or two or even three, four months of revenue of not meeting your bottom line or even not making revenue can really derail your motivation, stress you out, and leave you in a very uncomfortable position. Have you found that in being an entrepreneur? And what would you say about is some of the emotional motivation that an individual needs to have to keep going on? I think one of the things being that I am a trader and I've spent the last 12 years focusing on risk and I've been through some big upswings and made a lot of money and I've lost a lot of money and I've, I've been around that quite a bit. You get used to it. Okay, you just get used to it. One of the things that I would say to any entrepreneur out there who's looking to get into this market is don't pin your success on the outcome of this market. If the market falls and that means that your business has got no way of creating revenue, then you're going to fail at some point. You're going to have a really long winter as all the Game of Thrones people continue to call it these days, right? So you're going to have periods of pain. You need to put yourself in a position whereby the market may be the tool to promote your product, to create your product, or to – it may evolve around the crypto or blockchain market, but it can't be dependent on its positive outcome. Because if that was the case, all this year, you probably haven't got the revenue to survive. You're going to go through those periods. As for keeping yourself under control and emotionally stable, I covered a huge amount through all of my education, which is I'm a big fan of Eckhart Tolle, who has got uh, audio. It's a book. It's called The Power of Now. I listen to it as an audio book because the guy just got an insanely mellow voice. But it's about understanding where you are now. Don't worry about what has been. Don't think too much about the future. Plan for the future, but you can only execute where you are and who you are right now. So focusing on how to be the best version of yourself right now is really important. That goes for exercise, eating well, and having time to yourself. You know, Some days we have to work 18 hours. Okay, Welcome to the world of an entrepreneur. Okay, Some days we have to do that, but you don't have to do that every day. And if you do that every day, eventually something's going to crack. It will usually be you. It might be your team first because you annoy them so much. But there's no positive outcome from pushing yourself too hard. It's just not going to pay off dividends. Think smart, be wise, be careful, and don't pin your success to one outcome. The Power of Now is probably one of my all-time favorite books. It's phenomenal. I've probably watched everything 
on YouTube. I have them on Spotify for those, you know, now moments of little clips and uh, amazing guy. And I recommend anybody to pick up that book and then just jump down the Eckerd mm. rabbit hole to get inside that guy's brain because honestly, he's very inspirational. And I think he might be just like a modern saint. Uh, <laughs> his perspective personified. Exactly. Exactly. You made a great transition about managing your emotions, about getting in routines and what have you. This is a bear market. We have been going sideways mm. or down for the past, well, I don't, I don't even know how many months. And we just took another hit the other day with the Bitcoin Cash or Satoshi's Vision forks and Craig Wright and Roger V or whatever <laughs> is going on over there. And we saw 6,500 Bitcoin turn into 5,500 Bitcoin and 210 Ethereum turn into 175 Ethereum. Can you tell us how do you manage this trading the bear market 101, sir? To me, this is just a market. That's all it is. I'm learning a lot about the space, but as a trader, it's just a market. It's just charts. That's how I trade. All technical trading, all checklist-based trading. So I'm applying the same set of rules that I would to foreign exchanges, what I do now to crypto. So for me, I can go long and short. Short is making money directionally as the market falls. Now, for me, I don't mind what the market does. I would much prefer for it to go up. But the fact is what I want and what I get are two separate things, okay? I try not to think when I trade. I base my trading off of these strategy checklists. Now, for me, this year has still been a really good year. It's not had the same sort of moves that we have and the continuations of moves we had last year. But this year, we've still done very, very well. And it's because we have the ability to not just hodl. I mean, look, go for it. Hodl yourself stupid, right? I'm all good for that. I hold my investments too. Don't get me wrong. I've got an investment portfolio and a trading portfolio. But I don't have any view on what the market does right now other than what it is doing right now. Right now, what's happening is there is continued pressure on the downside so therefore, with my strategies, I'm able to trade short and profit from it. And a trader doesn't mean you have to trade full time and be in the market all day. I don't do that. If you manage yourself, you manage your trading. It's real simple, right? For example, last Friday, I got a call out to my members on, it wasn't a tip. I do heads up calls. I point them in the right direction. They know the strategies. They apply them themselves. But Bitcoin, I got short, got my first target. Now I'm nicely hedged. So whether you want to trade consistently long term or you just want a tool so that you can basically sleep well at night because you've got your portfolio hedged trading is something that you should be you know really looking into because if it takes us four years until we see bitcoin get to twenty thousand again why not profit on the way down as well as on the way up right on man i like that profit on the way down not just on the way up what is your strategy checklist? You just mentioned that, you know, you have to follow your strategy checklist. What is that checklist? And how do you recommend people to follow that? There's a lot of emotion. There's a lot of, you know, a couple more pennies I could put in there and then they lose all their shit. How do you tell them to follow this checklist and keep their self in check? Well, it's literally, it's all through the court. It's all structured. So with a lot of other providers of education out there, they teach everything that's in like technical analysis, whereas I don't because it's, it's really pointless. You know, I don't need to go into a pantry and know every single ingredient to make an omelet. I just need to know how to make an omelet. Teach me how to make an omelet. That's all I want to make. I just want to make an omelet. Don't teach me about how to make a fondue because it's got no relevance to what I'm trying to create right now. So I take that approach to my trading, which is I teach the individual ingredients that are going to be applied with the strategies that I use. 
And then we go through and do practicals on all of those. So you're not going to become a master of everything to do with the market by working with me. You're going to become a master of trading those strategies because it's an outcome-based thought process. I don't want to look at something and go, yeah, mate, oh, 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 I want to go, right, does it have this? Yes, this, yes, no, move to the next chart. It is a literal checklist that allows the discipline to come in. When you've got a routine and then you've got discipline to apply that, that's how you kill emotion because you have a plan of attack. You have a way of being consistent in your approach. And when you're consistent in your approach, your outcomes become more consistent. And also what happens is if you follow it through and take the screenshots as I recommend and show you how to, it's very, very clear where you stuff up. And when it's clear where you get things wrong, well, guess what? It's much easier to fix them. So that's how we take the emotion out. It's by having that structure. I've got three trading strategies. That's all. Okay, there's a couple of variations to that when you combine them together. But essentially, for the last eight years at least, I've exclusively traded those three strategies. You don't need to know everything. You just need to find your niche and be good at it. So that structure helps take the emotion away. Is traditional trading and trading the crypto market the same or is there some variation? Yeah, good question, mate. There are some variations to it. Can you use the same, because you go on YouTube, everybody's looking at YouTube people doing technical analysis, maybe not in the crypto market, but in traditional trading and talking about wedges and fallings and head and shoulders and all kinds of stuff like this. Are those applicable? Everything is. It's a market. So when you're trading, right, you've got two outcomes that are a doing and one that is passive. You can buy, which is doing. You've got to do something to buy. You can sell, which is selling, which you've got to do something to sell, or you can do nothing, Right. There you go, three outcomes. That is it. There is literally nothing else that you can do. So what we then do is we work back from that. Why are we buying? Why are we selling? Okay, so who's in control of the market? What's a candle telling you? Well, ultimately, I don't care what you want to name that candle. Name it Peter Barry. It doesn't matter. It makes the name of the candle means nothing. But what people do is they put too much focus on the names of things. Oh, it's a head and shoulders. Oh, it's a falling wedge. Oh, it's a this. Who cares? The problem is you don't understand what's going on with the chart, and that's why you're failing. If you understand what you're trying to achieve, which is an outcome, you need to be decisive. Those outcomes are buy, sell, or do nothing, right? So if you tear that back and focus on what is, you'll get rid of your sloping trend lines. You'll get rid of the names of your patterns. You'll start to focus on what the market is telling you, not what someone else is telling you. Does that make sense? That makes a lot of sense. And excuse this next question. I hope it doesn't come off the wrong way. There are lots of people trading on Twitter. There's a lot of people trading on YouTube. Everybody says, follow me. I will show you how to do this successfully. How do they know that you've even done it successfully? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I, so most of the stuff I put out there is free. We do so much free content, videos, looking at the market, explaining what I'm seeing, walking people through this and that. We do webinars. Like The amount of stuff that we put out there for free should give people enough ability to go, yeah, okay, this guy knows what he's talking about. So we, we provide a, a playing field to understand what we do. Of course, there's stuff behind a paywall. You can usually get a free month behind that paywall to go through and you can watch all the videos and you can see the heads up calls. Because again, I'm not doing this to tip people. I do not tip. I refuse to tip. I have not done that in my career. I give you a heads up because it's there to empower you to make your own decision. My objective is not to have a huge subscriber list that relies on me. It's not that at all. It's to give you what you need and then you can leave say good things about me, I get more people come in. It's a win-win, right? So you can go back and you can check out all of that sort of stuff to work out whether or not 
I seem like someone who knows what they're doing. That's probably the easiest way. I don't post trading results. I did that once years ago in a separate company and it absolutely caused a shitstorm because people are like, of course he can get those results because he's been doing it for years. Or they go, well, I'm not getting those results, so therefore it doesn't work. Or, you know, one thing I will say to the listeners out there is this, just because you've got my trading strategies doesn't guarantee the same success as me. And that cuts both ways, guys. Mm-hmm. You know, you are responsible ultimately for your own objectives and outcomes. And I have not met a single Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Successful person in any industry that doesn't take accountability and responsibility for their own actions. These strategies work. You've got to get yourself to a point where you get them working. I'll give you an example. There's a checklist, right? Let's say eight points on the essential list because it's essential and bonus factors. Today, you feel great. You execute that list. You find some trades. One's a winner, one's a loss, whatever. All right. Tomorrow, you feel sick. You're not going to read that checklist the same. Mm-hmm. I don't care what you think or how you think. It's going to be different. What variable changed there? It wasn't the list. It was the you. Mm-hmm. That's why I like Eckhart so much. It focuses you on you, not all those was going on around you, but you. So an individual needs to take responsibility for their own actions. The other thing is we give a 10-day no questions asked money back guarantee. Uh, with that certain on what we do, that you can jump in, you can have a look around. If you don't think it was worth your money, tell us within 10 days, we just give it back to you. I'm not here to say that everyone's going to be profitable. I'm here to provide you with the best possible education that you can get based on what I know and my experience. There's a lot of people in this space, and with the space that is, I would say, rather small still, with some coins that have not much liquidity, a voice, a tweet, a rant, a FUD, can mm. move a market. This is what, what I think I see. Would you agree with that? If you do agree with that, how would you recommend people to deal with that? Yeah, look, I do agree. <laughs> look, with that comes two things. It comes frustration because it's like, why are we still here? But with the why are we still here comment, it also brings with an opportunity because we are still here. We've still got a long way to go, which means that there is still undeniable opportunity within this space. Now, how do we get around that? One of the things that I teach is that not to trade gappy charts, charts that look messy, they look ugly. So I focus on trading optimal chart structure, which is smooth, flowing, trending charts. Okay, that's what I focus on. Now, if you come outside of the top 20 tokens, and that's crossed with ETH, dollar, and Bitcoin. If you come outside of that top 20, you start to see a little bit more gappiness in the market. Now, gappiness means more risk because you might not get the fills where you want to. And what that means is, let's say I've got an order to sell at 500. I might get filled at 495 because there might not be enough on the order book for me to get the amount filled at 500. So if you avoid those gappy charts, you can avoid some of that risk. And if you keep within the top 20, you've got a better opportunity of avoiding that as well. Now, Typically, I prefer to trade the top 10 when I'm using leverage because I do trade larger volumes and I don't want to see slippage because slippage costs me a lot of money if I get it wrong. Mm -hmm. 
Can you define those two terms, please, for everyone? Leverage and slippage. Yeah, leverage is like, uh, think of a house mortgage, right? So you, let's say you want to buy a million dollar house, you put $100,000 down, that's a 10% deposit, the bank lends you the 900, you now have a million dollar asset. So you're leveraging somebody else's position or someone else's money to get a larger position yourself. So we can do that in trading, through margin trading, you know, the things like Bitfinex, BitMEX, a lot of the other traditional players also offer that. So that's how you can sort of manage your risk with an entry and stop loss, but you've got to understand it, right? That's what I talk about a lot is it's a double-edged sword. You need to be aware, and that's the only way. You can only short if you're using a leveraged product because that's a derivative of price. And slippage. Slippage is where, you know, if you don't, like I said, let's say I've got a 20,000 token order Mm -hmm. at 500 and my stop is at 500. Now, there's only... 15,000 tokens at 500. Well, I'm not going to get that filled because there's not enough to get me. So I'll keep trying to get out at lower prices. Now, as I'm trying to get out, that's slipping from my original exit point. Now, what that means is, let's say my 1% risk is now 1.1, 1.2, 1.3%. Without going into too much detail, keeping it crypto 101, slippage is based on lower volume traded markets and it increases your risk. So stick to the higher end of the marketplace and you should do better. We've been going sideways for quite some time right now. Eventually, it's going to pop. One of these days, we're going to wake up and it's going to be 10,000 BTC, 20,000, 25, 30, and we're going to be going and we're going to be mooning again. Everybody's going to be on yachts with champagne and we're going to be going crazy like 2017. How do people prepare for coming into the next bull market and how do they know when they're in it besides the 20,000? I mean, of course, if you wake up at 20,000, you know, oh, oh, hey, something's happening here. You know, it's very easy to miss it. You know, if it's a, you know, 64 and 65 and then 68 and then 71 and then nobody knows, is, is this it? I use trends. So um, the trend is your friend is the old saying. And I focus on looking at trends. When I've got the daily and weekly in the same direction, I'll start to feel really confident about that. In the meantime, it's what are you doing now? Not what are you doing when things are easy? Profits make themselves, but think of it like this. I'm sure that many of your listeners that were in last year or the year before and watched the market take off to 20, I'm pretty certain that your demographic's probably somewhat similar to mine in the sense that many of them probably didn't sell, didn't take their profits. They might've been millionaires. Now they're not. Uh, Having a plan of attack is really important. Knowing what to look out for is really important. It's not just about, let's just buy a bunch of stuff and hope. I mean, it can be if that's what you want to do, but don't expect really good outcomes. Go and buy a lotto ticket because everyone wants a lotto ticket, right? Everyone wants to have that feeling that they might win. It's about getting yourself educated. And the good thing about the people that are listening to this, obviously they are getting themselves educated. They're listening to your show, mate, and you've brought the book out. Congratulations on that. Thank you Um, very much. You're doing your part to help these listeners, as am I, with the people that are listening to the Trader Cobb Crypto Podcast. I used to manage a family office in out of London, right? I traded a, a fund when I was 23 for this family office. And I can remember this so well. It stuck with me. The father of this family's money, he's the one who made it. You know, I said, what do you invest in? He said, my kid's education. And he goes, no matter what, you know, someone divorces them, someone takes their money, takes them to court, they can lose everything, but no one can ever take the education away from them. I thought, you know what, that's pretty fitting. And that's really what people should be focusing on right now. Look, if you don't want to trade and if you don't want to learn how to make money on the way down, because look, we are moving, right? We have been moving this year. Everyone talks about the run up to 20,000. Well, the run down was good too. Don't get me wrong. You know, like we've had some opportunities this year, guys. If that's not for you though, 
just focus on learning as much as you can and having a plan around some of the outcomes that are possible, i.e. further down and i.e. further up. What are you looking for before you exit, taking profits, and uh, at what point do you say enough's enough, or are you just happy to hold? You've got to have a plan. What do you think of the crypto space these days? I mean, in, in general, or the people, the tech, like, how are you feeling about the whole ecosystem and how it's coming together and what's happening? If it's the gossip, if it's the tweets, if it's the people, if it's the education, if it's the projects, how are you feeling? Look, um, it's been a little bit frustrating, the whole Bitcoin Cash saga. I think it's a real shame that two people can effectively have such a negative impact on the space, but it is what it is. You've got to take accountability for things. I'm in this market. I am positive in this market. If I wasn't, I wouldn't be here. I recently got back from a trip to Dubai, and it was a great event. The event was about basically a lot of – it wasn't so much your crypto kids, and I'm not saying that in a negative way or a condescending way. Consensus in New York, that event was terrible. For me, from my perspective, it was really loud. It was really crowded. It was just so difficult. It was so cramped and full on. And it really personified to me all the things that I didn't really like about the space. A lot of, you know, dick swinging and I'm bigger, I'm better. And I'm like, I'm really not interested in that. This last one in Dubai was big business coming together into this space to go, how can we use this blockchain? What is it? How can my business benefit? What should we be doing here? And it had a very mature audience, which I really enjoyed. So as far as long term in this space, it's just about what do we ride? What do we do within this space? And how can we put ourselves in a position to benefit ourselves? And personally, for me to help others to understand and achieve that too, because one of the things that I'm good at is the education. It is in the interviewing. It is in the messages that I can get across. So my objective is how can I build businesses in this space for the long term? And how can I help people to understand and speak to them, even if it's not directly something that's going to involve me, how can I help them to get a clear understanding of what is and what's likely to come. So that, that's the motivating factor for me. I've got no concern about what's coming. I think we'll be fine. Who do you respect in this space? Yeah, I mean, this this might sound arrogant. It's not meant to be at all. It really isn't. You know, from my position as a trader has been doing this for 12 years, it takes a lot of work to get to a point where you're consistent. So people often ask me, oh, you know, what do you think of this or what do you think of that when it comes to someone else's TA? And I, I honestly say, look, without you know, wanting to sound arrogant, I, I don't look at anybody else's. I, I don't care what anybody else is saying. I don't care what anybody else is doing. I mean, there's some guys here in Australia that I know quite well on a personal level so I respect them. But as far as like any big social plays and that sort of thing, I really don't have that much time to be looking and worried about what other people are doing. I just focus on what I'm doing. Would you say the same thing about the question, like say who's somebody that you follow for entertainment purpose? There's a lot of people on Twitter that are just, you know, great marketers, entertainers, personalities. If you just add crypto to the first name of some random thing and you got yourself a entertainer, a personality in the space, is there anybody that you really like to follow just for fun? Um, look, in all honesty, I don't really check Twitter all that much, but I can talk about somebody who I know has a great time, has great content, and who's very entertaining. Can't go past Naomi Brockwell. She is fantastic. Another Australian chick living in New York. Great content, great guest, and a lot of entertainment. But other than that, I mean, you know, it just, you know, recently it's been Craig Wright and those guys. It's entertaining. I don't follow the tweets. I don't really care. It's entertaining, but for all the wrong reasons from my point of view. Right on, right on. Fair enough, fair enough. What projects are you looking at this moment? Are there some game-changing projects that you're looking that are just coming out with some great tech, great products, or there's nothing on your radar? 
Um, at the moment, there's not that much on my radar. It's more about building the positions that I've currently got. And uh, honestly, I, I don't typically talk about what I hold and what I do because I just don't want to have the connotation of me shilling something or someone saying, oh, you know, I, the bite back is too savage. Everyone should be researching this their own stuff. And the other reason is, is that, look, I'm, <laughs> you know, I am definitely not an expert on fundamental analysis in this space, not even close. I stick to what I'm good at and I stick to my trading. I'd much rather say, oh, look, I'm bearish on XYZ or I'm bullish on this and base it off the charts than sort of talk about something that I'm really not an expert on. Because, you know, i got a lot on my plate, man. Like, you know what's going on with the podcast, with traveling a lot, the, the business is growing. Yeah, just building the positions that I've got. A lot of it within the top 10, to be honest with you, focusing on projects that I think have got a lifetime. And also, if you look at last year when, when the market did go crazy, the whole top 10 went with it. So it's about positioning on risk, diversification, and not so much trying to find the next big thing. Because one thing we've learned this year is that a lot of good ideas became nothing due to poor treasury management. You know, you raise $30 million, it's worth one now. Well, that's mm. not very difficult to hedge yourself up at those highs or to move something to feed or whatever it may be. Many projects did not do this. And it's really hard to keep a track of who is and who isn't delivering. So on those smaller teams, not so interested. On the bigger ones, well, they're still around, they're still within the top 10 and they're still putting things out. So for me, that's my comfort zone to a certain extent because it's not something that I'm an expert in, that's for sure. And I'm very open to saying that because you know, we can't be good at everything. Right, right. Is this market, and again, I hope I don't ask this incorrectly, is this market for you mostly about trading, about you know building position, about analysis, or do you like the idea of blockchain, blockchain technology, cryptocurrency, and what it can do for the world or the ideologies of different ways to structure societies? I love it. I think it's awesome. Like, you know, absolutely love it. That's why I've invested so much time, money, and I've you know dropped everything pretty much, and I'm building businesses in this space. So yeah, I, I love everything that it stands for on the positive side. <laughs> As it matures, I'll probably love it even more. And in its infancy, there is all this dumb stuff that still happens, like these hash wars. I don't like that at all. But long term, the vision and what it's trying to deliver absolutely 100% love it, back it, and I'm here for that. From a professional standpoint, however, for me, it's just another market. I can't let something that I'm passionate about get in the way of me executing my strategies. And to me, when I look at a chart, it's just another chart. I don't look at Bitcoin and go, oh, I feel bad for shorting it. No way. Bitcoin sets up short, I'm going to short it all the way down. I do not care when it comes to that. Long term, I'm in the right place. As a you, mate, and as all the listeners, we're in the right place at the right time. But what decisions do we make while we're at the right place at the right time? Because that's going to set us up for the future. You said you love it. You love blockchain. What is it, though, that you love? Oh, I love the fact that it's got so many different use cases within business. It can be more efficient. It can help to keep people more responsible, more accountable, more transparent. Transparency is something that's huge for me. I, you know, from my point of view, there's nothing that I say that I won't stand behind 150%. You know what I mean? It's a stupid statement, I know. But it's a true one for me. If something comes out of my mouth, it's truth. And the blockchain kind of holds people and business and different areas accountable for what's actually happened. I like that. I think the transparency is something we're lacking in modern society. I think there's a lot of fake stuff out there. I'm not going down the fake news path. I'm sure there's some of that too. But there's fake people. There's, there's fake businesses. There's fakers. There's fraudulent people and companies and transactions all going on out there. I like the idea of blockchain holding people and others accountable. I like the idea of something like Bitcoin being a currency that we the people hold on to. It can't be printed. If we all decide for it to be, it really is a place where it, there is 
is true value there. It's borderless. It creates a world without borders. And I like that. I think that the more that we do things in this world where we come together and help each other and hold each other and become one, the less divisive we are and the less issues we'll have. It's just that, you know, how long is it going to take for us to get to that point and how hard are they going to try and stop us from getting there? Crypto 101 has positioned itself to be probably one of the first stops for people coming into the blockchain space. If they're going to Google crypto or cryptocurrency 101, and then we're going to pop up. Great SEO. Nailed the name. I nailed nailed the it. Name. Nailed it. <laughs> Total <laughs> luck. But that means a lot of new people are coming into the space, listening to the show, and this could be the first episode that they listen to in their whole crypto career. What would you want them to know? Yeah, that's a really good question. So for someone who just came into the space, I'd say um, don't listen to everything you hear is <laughs> probably the first thing. You are going to have to take a leap of faith at some point. You are going to need an education, whether that be paid or free or however you get that. But you are going to have to back yourself at some point and make a decision. Everything that you do, you should not be thinking of it from a standpoint of how much am I set to make but you should be thinking about how much can I afford to lose. If uh, every good trader focuses on risk first and foremost, now whether you want to come into this space as a trader or investor, you should take those same simple rules to this space as well. So someone says to you, oh, look, this XYZ token is going to go up 20x by this date. The chances are they've got something they either want to sell it to you or they own it, so they believe in it because they want you to believe in it. And if it doesn't go right, just hodl. Remember the rule, the war cry? That's not really going to work all the time. So come into the space, manage your risk, diversify your portfolio, and it'll be a really important tool to have a way to make money if the market does fall. They're the things that I would suggest. It's all based around risk. Craig Cobb, before I ask this last question, I want to say thank you very much for coming on the show. And I want to say thank you very much for doing what you do in the space as well. Uh, you know, it's a hard journey in cryptocurrency to keep trudging along when there's a bear market or it's going sideways or we're not having that many new people come in this space and you're killing it with a bear market. So good job to you. Thanks, mate. We're here for the long term. So we're not uh, you know, short term up and down. It does what it does long term. We're building something that we're proud of and that we want to see help the space to develop and grow. So appreciate that. You're doing a great job too, mate. Congratulations once again on the book. Thank you. If you haven't already got it, go on, buy it. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there you go. An official plug from Mr. Craig Cobb. <laughs> what three it. songs would you like on the Crypto 101 Spotify playlist, sir? Yeah, this is a good one. So great question. So this is based just off what's in my playlist at the moment, right? One is called Cry in Shame, and it's by an Australian guy called Johnny Diesel and the Injectors. Now, he's a musician from back in the, oh, I think, the early 2000s, late 90s, and uh, really great musician, great music great writer so and uh, there's some interesting things in there about taking accountability believe it or not so it kind of ties in what we're talking about number two is forever from ben harper something to chill you out and relax you i love my ben harper jack johnson devander banhart all those guys and uh, also your listeners might not be too privy to it's a kiwi group called fat freddy's drop mm. and uh, again it's reggae it's chilled out and it's called wandering eye so they're the three that i suggest you guys add to your spotify list Right on. Craig Cobb of TraderCobb.com. Thank you very much for coming on Crypto 101, sir. Absolute pleasure, Matthew. Thank you so much for your time. Great to talk to you again and good luck going forward.
Thank you for listening to this episode of Crypto 101. Craig, if you're listening, thank you for coming on the show, sir. And like always, if you want to know the behind the scenes of this episode, go to Crypto 101 with Matthew Aaron on YouTube to hear that. In our next episodes of Crypto 101, we have an ICO 101 episode with Bolt. Aaron Paw, authentic, drops it like he always does. I'm excited to hear that conversation. We also have a couple of great Crypto 101 podcasts coming up. We have Tales from the Crypto. And this is a chat with IBC's CEO, Mr. Mario Nawfall, and he tells us all of the horror stories of people being greedy in the crypto space in 2017 from the perspective of ICO consulting. Great stories. Look forward to that episode. And as always, ApogeeCrypto.com, A-P-O-G-E-E Crypto.com, the best place for your real-time prices, CryptoNews.com for your news. And thank you very much to Savan for editing this episode. We will see you in future episodes of Crypto 101. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.